0: Hi, it's Nick here from the and Power podcast. We are proud to announce Auto One as our brand partner for the podcast. Auto One, it's the one. You can now order online with click and collect or get your order shipped. Head to ww.auto1.com.au Like us at the podcast, Auto One has a passion for cars and all things automotive. They understand your love of cars too. With great prices and the biggest brands you know and trust, they are sure to be able to help you with your project, whether it be replacing your wiper blades, fitting out your four-wheel drive with the latest gear, or rebuilding your dad's old HQ Holden. Not sure on how to install those spotlights? Don't panic. Just head to the website and click on the do-it-yourself videos and Rico will talk you through the process. From Auto One in Albany, up to Auto One in Karratha, across to Auto One in Townsville, down to Auto One in Hobart, and over 50 stores in between. Auto One has a retail store nearby, with expert advice and the stock on hand. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with the team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one.
1: Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkinpower.com.au. All
0: right, welcome to our motorsport wrap for this weekend. And I am joined by... Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth and I am Nick DeCembre and this is part two of our episode 92 Thanks for joining us guys No problems Nick Those yeah, no of worries, you Nick. that tuned into part one would have caught up with myself and Emma Begley uh, Chewing the fat on all things Aeroflow Nitro Aeroflow Outlaw Nitro Funny Car so that was really great to have her on And uh, really enjoyed that to be honest now, for those of you that missed that as well, the Auto One promotion, we have a winner from episode 91, Alex Dombrowski. Congratulations, Alex. You win the $50 gift card from Auto One. We'll be getting that out to you in the next day or two. So for your chance to win another $50 gift card from Auto One, you got to like share and comment on episode 92. So go to our social media fast Facebook page and do that. And you go in the running to win $50 gift card. That will be, I'm sure Alex and John, our previous winners will have no difficulty spending in the, at a great rate of knots.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Does anyone have difficulty spending
0: money on their car? No, no, I don't think so. Especially you, no. Simon. Especially <laughs> even you, Todd. I think out of the three of us, I'd probably have the one that's probably the most frugal when it comes no. to spending on cars.
1: I I I would have to say that out of the three of us, the amount that we've spent at the moment, I'm pretty sure it cost me less to build the BA than what some people are spending to update their radio cars at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's you,
0: you raise a, a good point there. And uh, yes, I, I know there's some serious coin being spent. <laughs> Speaking of, while we're at, well, let's just change the order around a bit. Let's speaking of, I, I've got some notes here, but um, Motorplex, um, the Motorplex made an announcement last night. Dean Neil is back as a, in a marketing and media role at the Perth Motorplex. So this is great news, and we look forward to Dean. Um, continuing on i mean it's been some years since dean's been at the perth motorplex but it's great to see him back in a marketing and media role there he brings with him some football expertise apparently he's been doing producing work for the waffle and afl so that for channel seven so that's that's really great we wish him well and it's great to have him back speaking of drag racing like i'm, I'm just gonna throw one out there i mean if you're west australian everyone loves susanna carr correct <laughs> uh, stay with me here. Stay with me. Hey, the science is deafening. But anyway, go yeah. on. Susanna yeah. Carr is a... Uh, she's, she, her and Ricardo and hold the record for the longest consecutive um, uh, anchor team in reading news. I'm, I'm a bit cranky at Susanna Carr. And I know not many West Australians would be, but she used the term drag racing twice last night in reference to a street racing story where a, a BMW lost control exiting the tunnel racing another vehicle. That car, in turn, crashed, and the driver was very lucky to escape. He, he they, some some people, uh, bystanders got him out of the vehicle, and he fled off the, from the scene. But um, the term drag Actually, racing, Nick, was Nick
1: used... I, I have to correct you on that one because according to the West Australian, which is always a very reliable source of uh, information. <laughs> now yep. I need to be careful because we may get a bill for for talking about this and referencing the West Australian as Google will be. Mm. So, (laughs) according to the West Australian, uh, the driver of the car that he was racing pulled over very much in in, uh, Fast and Furious fashion, dragged him out of the uh, burning wreck. I'm I'm led to believe that it was quite a spectacular explosion when the car crashed, Uh, Mm. something of epic proportions, uh, Hollywood derived. Um, And I'm sure that there's plenty of security footage that would have would have gotten considering the tunnels got uh, cameras more cameras than a peep show mm. but uh <laughs> the the uh, yeah, so i have to correct you it wasn't an innocent bystander at all it was the other person according to the west australian okay
0: all right but yeah the, the term drag racing was used numerous times in their story now channel nine tomo our mate Tomo Channel Tomo. 9, <laughs> he used street racing. He was very particular. He used street racing instead, but not, not Channel 7. So please, Channel 7, 7West 7 Media, do not use the term drag racing. I don't believe I saw any, uh, the Christmas tree or any staging beams on the entry to the tunnel. And I don't believe the cars were sanctioned by Andra or uh, IHRA. So please do not use that terminology. It is street racing. And that's uh, that's, I don't want to trivialize the whole matter, but. It's not drag racing, so please don't use it. Hey guys, you guys catch the supercars at all? Did Did you? No. To see? No. no. Not at all. No. Can, <laughs> can no. I make a suggestion? No can you like just? But I did watch back. the MotoGP. Well, we'll get to the MotoGP <laughs> we'll in a sec. Because, <laughs> but the supercars—if you replay Saturday's race, turn the turn the sound off, and put the Benny Hill theme music over the top, because you'll get a laugh out of it.
1: I oh, a list here. <laughs>
0: I've got a list here. And it, <laughs> oh, it was. It was, you know, we had Van Gisbergen uh, taking out Nick Perkatt, uh who in turn took out Todd Hazelwood. And then we had uh, Rick Kelly uh, taking out um, Jake Kostecki. And um, look, I mean, the list goes on here. It was absolutely mind-boggling, the amount of crashes and incidences in, in the Saturday race. I don't know if they... It has been you know a little bit of time since their last race, but it really showed it really really did show on the weekend so I don't know um, I think the Sunday races were probably uh, better but the tire the tire is still a raging uh, topic of discussion amongst the teams they just want they want to have a better tire selection I think a lot of the they believe a lot of the results that we're seeing are contrived by the by the lack of tyres, and I don't have a big problem with that myself, but um, it is causing some grievances up and down pit lane. So, you know, uh, Win Cup went on to win the Sunday the Sunday race. Did you guys see the the pit stop infringement? Yeah, yeah. What, what do no. you think? There, no. Well, we all <laughs> no. know my opinion of Win Cup, so we'll just leave that there. Hey. <laughs> So are you but look would fabian have been better off just hitting him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny if, 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 if fabian is hit him car out of a
1: car like no, he's got to help fabian, it on, it won't hurt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> don't condone that behaviour but anyway if win cup had hit him um,
1: fabian sorry, if fabian, fabian had, had, hit had hit, struck yeah. had
0: struck and struck a win cup I reckon now, we're talking with on. the cars
1: now. We just want to clarify yeah. that. We yeah. are <laughs> speaking, he blocked. So for those of you that that like me didn't watch the race, <laughs> for someone that didn't
0: watch the race, you seem like you know <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't. I don't. But it's a standard Holden Racing Team manoeuvre to um, block people in the pit so they can't pull out and get uh, track position. It's fairly standard. We've seen it over and over again. They never get penalised. They um, obviously have shares in, in uh, uh, the, the uh, supercar establishment somehow there, possibly. <laughs> We're not suggesting that. <laughs> You're not suggesting that. I just did
0: Shout out to Roland Dane. Uh,
1: no, yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> if he had have hit him, so um, if uh, uh, Fabian Coulthard had have hit him, he would have been penalised. We all know yeah. that. Um, now... You know, in, in uh in hindsight, um did Wing Cup get penalized? No. 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 <laughs> no, no. He no, he didn't. So no. do you think if the you know, the reverse would be the case, which it would never be because the Ford would never have to uh do any sly tricks like that, it's like slowing down the field at Bathurst or anything like that <laughs> win. Completely unnecessary. Um and, and in, anyway, it doesn't matter because they're soon going to all be Mustangs. So it's it it, appears it's not going to matter way. at all. Um, do, do, you, do you think that uh, if the tables were turned, that um, uh, Fabian would have been penalised if, if he had a locked-in wing cup? I hate to say it, but yes, he definitely yeah. would have been. Yep, 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys didn't need much time to think about that. No. With regards to the supercars and and the tyres, have you got a, a you know a, a sort of thought on, on what they should be doing with the tyres? Because I'm I'm no. thinking like maybe a two seven five drag radial or <laughs> maybe a two seven five for the front, three one five for the rear.
0: I think I think what they're doing is manufacturing manufacturing a little bit of. Um... Not not, I think they're allowing victories to teams that wouldn't normally win if the tire selection was different but in in saying that, I don't have a huge problem with that when we saw from a few weeks ago uh three first time podium uh, getters uh, battling for first, second and third, I don't have an issue with that. I think that's a great thing for the sport and you know moving along, I think you know just If we're throwing something a little bit different in every, like Nick Perkatz had two wins this year. Now, generally speaking, we wouldn't see him at the pointy end of the field. I think that's great for Brad Jones racing. I don't have a problem with it myself, but
1: I think. So what have have they done? Have they allocated certain tires to certain teams?
0: No, no, the the allocations are the same. They've just reduced the allocation of tires. So you basically got to pick the race you want to win. If that, does that make sense? So you, you've only got a set of tires that are going to win you really one and a half races. So some teams are saying, all right, you know what, we'll go for the win on the Sunday morning because there's less, less the other teams are generally going to not going to try to win on that race because the TV ratings are lower. So what we're seeing is the allocation of tires being staggered towards more towards the Saturday night race or the Sunday afternoon race.
1: That is unbelievable. That is absolutely unbelievable that it's come down to that. Yeah, it has. It has. It, That's where we're at. TV ratings. Yeah. TV yeah. ratings are influencing the
0: outcome of the race. And, and a lot of that discussion has been based on the TV the TV ratings. That has been part of the discussion from a number of the teams. Make no, I don't think any of the teams are going to hide behind that. They have staggered their tyre choices around the ratings. But some of them have chosen, well, if everyone's going to go for the win or the tyres for the Sunday afternoon or the Saturday night, we'll keep a good set for the Sunday morning race and, and try and get a win. I'm not suggesting that's good, bad, or indifferent, but that's just how they're
1: handling the situation. You know, one day we'll actually go back to motor racing. Do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, we need well, to Well, i tell you what, on.
1: guys. Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. There is, there is one form of motor racing that always is guaranteed to deliver. And that is the MotoGP. What an incredible race. Yep.
0: Look, agreed, great a hundred percent, but actually gut wrenching for myself. I, I, I actually caught the Moto two race beforehand as well. And I even caught a bit of the Moto three race for those viewers or listeners of our podcast. I urge you to watch a Moto three race. Those guys are unbelievably talented as well. Those, those tires uh, the, the, the way those Moto Three bikes move around uh, is is phenomenal. But yeah, I caught the Moto Two race in that horrific crash as well. Um, that was just terrible. I, you
1: could see it happening, and it, there was nothing you could do. Not not good at all. Yeah, I, I didn't catch the Moto Two race, but did it happen on the same kink?
0: No, no, it happened on this. Oh, it was on the straight, Todd, wasn't it? From memory?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, it was. Coming, yeah.
0: Just a crash, and the guy was blindsided, couldn't see a uh, stricken bike on the track, and pulled out of a slipstream, and bang, there was a motorbike right in front of him. Yeah. And a uh, terrible incident. He's okay. Uh, his name is Hafiz ha- ha- Sirim. So, he, he's okay. He's uh, what, doing What's his right. name? Hafitz ha- ha- Sirim. That's how you say his name, I think.
1: You <laughs> swear it. Hey, that fits where it <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He's all uh, right, he's, so he's doing all so, right. But
0: anyway, uh, moving along to MotoGP, yeah, talk us through that, Simon, because that was an amazing crash. That one absolutely
1: incredible crash. Uh, we'll talk about the race first. It, it, it's, it's a track, uh, the, the uh, Austrian Grand Prix track uh, is well known for um. Uh, Nick, I'm just looking at your notes. You've got Malaysian Grand Prix. <laughs> Have I? No, no. Malaysian. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, Malaysian Moto2 rider. Sorry, yeah. my, mistake. Yeah. my mistake. My mistake. Um, going say. Yes, it is a track well-known uh, for the Ducatis. And uh, once again, the Ducatis did not fail to uh, deliver. Uh, I believe that uh, Ducatis won the last... Uh, three in a row, is it? Mm. Yeah. Very high speed track. I think the average speed is uh, 180 or 190 kilometers an hour, which Mm. is incredible considering you you, you do have to slow down for uh, turns in circuit racing. Um, Now qualifying didn't go too well for uh, uh, many of the guys, but for Oz Jack Miller, I believe he was on pole Mm, and uh, it looked like he, he, um, uh, he was in for a good chance. Um, early on in the race, we saw a, a, a bit of a reshuffle at, at the front of the grid. Uh, but, you know, Jack was definitely out there fighting with, with the best of them. And then the horrific crash happened. Absolutely unbelievable. There, there's a kink on the, uh, the back straight there. Um, and uh, Zarco and uh, uh, I think it was uh, Quarraro. No,
0: no, uh, Franco, no Morbidelli. Sorry. Franco Morbidelli.
1: Franco Morbidelli. sorry, yep. sorry, sorry. Uh, there's been so many different winners. I remember it was one of the the uh, the guys that got up on the podium at the last meeting. It was Morbidelli. That was his first podium, I think, at the last meeting. Mm. Uh, he's from the VR46 Academy, I believe. Yeah. Uh, now, Zarco has been labelled in the past a bit of a crash bandicoot, um, trying to ride it to 12 tenths, um, you know, well, well beyond... Uh, where people would take it. And unfortunately, uh, the two bikes had a uh, front to rear tire uh, contact. When that happens, it locks, uh, you know, at least one of the bike's wheels, um, you know, so that possibly the front bike might lock up or the rear bike, uh, due, uh, the crash, very high speed putters, two riders came off the bikes, but the bike, didn't. Uh, at the same time, uh, Maverick Vignalis and, uh, 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 Valentino Rossi were turning one of the slower speed corners up ahead. Uh, the two bikes careered in a in a straight line, and uh, through some act of God, because that's the only way it could possibly have have happened the way it did. Uh, Valentino Rossi missed the two bikes literally by inches, and mm. uh, I, I tell you what, watching it. If Valentino had have handed his resignation and said, that's it, I'm done, I'm retiring, uh, I wouldn't have blamed him because he yeah, came I... within, you know, literally millimetres of losing his life on, on, on that one. If he had have been there a little bit sooner, the, the bike would have T-boned him and there's no way in the world that, that uh, he would have survived that. Now, the, the irony of this is, you know, the amount of safety that they put into... Uh, motorsports these days and and it, and this is you know all the way from uh, grassroots things to to uh, uh formula one we've seen that the uh, uh new safety um, you know thong device i guess for, for lack of a better uh, name on, on the formula one cars now but moto gp any sort of motorcycle racing for that matter whether it be Isle of man or, or um uh super bio, you just don't have that kind of protection you it kind of You know, you you need to understand these guys are a special breed. They're not like, I I mean, they're not going to whinge about it like the other guys do. Like the Formula Formula 1 guys, when they're on $40 million a year and they're still having to whinge about their safety. You know, these guys get paid a lot less than that. And and every time they get on their bike, there's a chance that they're not going to see the end of the race alive. So, you know, just incredible. Now, um, not only did Valentino... So they, they had to red flag it. There was just way too much debris all over the track. It was incredible. Like That, that bike hurtled uh, like I said, 300 kilometers an hour down the track, flying into bits, hit a barricade, cartwheeled over the top of the other guys, other bike following in suit. Incredible to watch. Uh, if you get a chance, definitely look it up. Uh, on uh, you know the internet, the Austrian Grand Prix crash. You won't even as soon as you put in Austrian Grand Prix 2020, the, the crash will be the first thing that comes up. Uh, now, um, Valentino did give a post-race interview, and I'm, I'm just going to read this uh, once again. We'll probably get sued because I'm reading this from the West Australian. So, so um, <laughs> <laughs> he said that uh, it was a super scary, terrifying crash, um, and he went on to uh, uh, to say. That uh, uh, Well, actually, Morbidelli said this. Morbidelli said, Zarko is almost a murderer, uh, which is probably a little bit harsh, but mm. um, you know but they're all having a bit of a dig at him. Um, braking like this at 300 kilometers an hour means you have little love for yourself or for those who are racing against. Um, so uh, Valentino uh, went on to say, I was with Maverick when uh, entered turn three, And I felt something coming towards me. I thought it was the shadow of the helicopter because sometimes it crosses the racetrack. But then Franco's bike passed me at an incredible speed. And also the bike of Zarko jumped over Maverick. We were very lucky, but we hope this type of incident is a lesson for riders to improve their behavior in the future. Strong words from arguably one of the, the best riders of our generation. Uh, now, not only did he get back on that, race, uh, uh, on that bike after that incredible incident, but he managed to make his way through the field and finish an incredible fifth. And, you know, that takes someone that's just got nerves of steel. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. So the final result at, uh, at the end of the race, Jack Miller made a bit of a um, an interesting choice. There was a few more crashes, which meant a few of the front runners were out. It looked like it was going to be uh, Suzuki uh, two-bike podium there at one stage, which, you know, is, is huge for Suzuki. KTM was in, in the mix there until uh, there was a, a crash and that took out... Uh, 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 oh, I haven't got my notes on me. But, um, which, sorry, the yeah. KTM... Yes, uh, uh,
0: well, Spargo.
1: Yeah, it was Paul yeah, Spargo was, was, was leading. but Leading at one stage, correct, correct. Uh, so... In, in the restart, Jack Miller made a decision to go on soft tyres. Mm. There was 20 laps to go. If there was 17 laps to go, you could kind of say that Jack's decision was, you know, a chance. But 20 laps, it just meant those last three laps, he was going to be running on some, some tyres that uh, were well and truly done. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Jack uh, slipped back to third. Uh, it was a great... Uh, try. He thought he'd, he'd be able to make enough mm. uh, in the opening stages to restart uh, enough gain, enough lead to be able to hold on till the end. But unfortunately it didn't pan out that way. So the final results uh, Davizioso first Jan Mir on the Suzuki uh, Dovi obviously on the Ducati uh, and Jack Miller third. Now interestingly enough, Dovi announced earlier in the weekend that he was leaving Ducati Now, we saw exactly the same thing happen uh, with Jorge Lorenzo when he announced that he was leaving Ducati. We went on to win (laughs) the race that weekend. And Dobby's done exactly the same thing. So, you know, is this something that we should be, you know, maybe putting a side bet on? That Whenever a a rider announces he's leaving Ducati, (laughs) put your money on him because he's bringing home the bacon. So, where that's left the points now is... um, i i did have that I had that ready here just bear with me um so we're uh, we're seeing um uh no i don't have that i don't have that here but basically <laughs> basically um Quotararo's still leading and uh Dovi, i think is only eleven points behind now um so it's it's uh, really you know we knew this season was going to be hot with um Uh, the exit of Mark Marquez, Mm. Uh, but um, there's there's not much between the top 10, uh, and uh, our our mate uh, uh, Valentino Rossi, he finds himself in fifth position, which is, is, you know, considering you had a DNF, you have to take that into account. Mm. He had a mechanical failure on the Yamaha, which is something that uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to see more of as the season progresses, unless they decide to give them some updates, which they might, Moto MotoGP may give them some updates and allow them to um, take care of the valve dropping issue that they've got. So we, we just have to wait and see. We probably need to talk about Brad Bender as well. Coming back from nearly, he
0: won last week and, and coming back from almost last to, to come fourth in this race was an incredible feat. I must say from the, and, and again, KTM looking pretty good.
1: Absolutely incredible uh, run, as I mentioned last episode. Uh, the guys at KDM, when they started on the MotoGP circuit, you know, I've got to admit, a, a new manufacturer enters in to the 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 fight. It's a big sort of it's it's a very steep hill to climb. Hmm. And uh, the team manager made the comment that we will be winning races within five years. It's only been four years and they are winning. And I, I got to tell you, that guy has got some talent. Yeah, um, it, It's going to be very interesting to see. Now, I, I'd like to make the point, we're starting to see the bikes in a different vein now. Hmm. So uh, the Honda team, they, uh, Takakami is, is their, their lead rider now. That's yeah. that's the truth of the matter, and and that just shows you how much influence Marquez has had. He has never ever wanted anyone on that other bike that could challenge him.
0: Mm. And
1: you know now Honda has to really take a step back and look at their program and go, do we do we want this to happen again? If yeah. Marquez has another crash next season, do we want to be left where you know? I mean, we, when was the last time you saw him even near the podium?
0: they are majorly exposed right now honda right they are now, majorly exposed and it blows me away that put them in that position
1: really does here's the thing though look at the bikes now look at the bikes okay so first things first uh, the yamaha is definitely by far the slowest bike on the field so if you can do what vignali's and rossi have been doing hmm. you, you are a motorcycle god hmm. that's just how it is uh, the Ducati has always been tagged as being the fastest. Mate, the KDM is right there, right there. And I'll tell you what, if Honda had someone that was in that, you know, like ability, in that same sort of ability as those, those front riders, you would see that the speed of the Honda is right there as well. Mm. So, you know, then we, we start breaking it down into mid-corner speed and corner speed, corner exit speed. The Yamaha is definitely good mid-corner, uh, mm. but I think the KTM is, is there. That, that bike is an incredible bike, and um, I, I think we're going to see more KTM wins. It's oh, uh, 100%. It, it's just a matter of these young riders sort of – you can't ride it at 11 tenths all the time. You're going to fall off. Mm. Mark, Kez has gotten away with it for a few seasons now and it's just been pure luck. As far as I'm concerned, you can call it skill. Maybe it is, but I don't think so. I think it's just been pure luck. Yeah. What I did know is the Suzuki's lack front end grip. Mm. That was clearly obvious because all the guys that went down, they lost the front and it was, it was um, you know, just, you, you, they need some work there. Their bike package is pretty good, and they've got some good riders, but um, they need to work on that front end. They definitely need to work on the front end.
0: So what do you think was happening with Paul Osprago? Because he was leading the race, but he looked agi- – after that incident or after the red flag, he looked agitated to me. He didn't look right after that. And I, I can completely understand if he was affected by the crash, but didn't really happen in front of him or it was, it was already behind him, the crash. So he just didn't look right hey, after the restart. You want
1: to know, you, honestly – you, you're asking me that... You're seriously asking me that question? Yeah, I am. If yeah. you had that kind of lead, <laughs> right, and then they turn around and red flag the race, how would you feel?
0: Yeah, I know, but there's nothing... That's happened to a 1,001 um, motorsport personalities over the years. That happens. That's, that's, there's nothing uh, look, you can do it, about it's, that. An,
1: it's an interesting point, and and we could sit here and talk about it for a long time. I think that, that um, what really needs to be asked is what do you allow to happen before that restart so if i was running moto gp i would probably have a rule in place that says you're not allowed to touch the bikes You get off the bikes <laughs> they go into some sort of park fermo hmm. and and uh everyone walks away and then gets back on them um you start adjusting bikes it's going to change the whole race isn't it
0: yeah yeah
1: you know so those first three laps now become qualifying laps or Mm. test laps. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, look, he definitely had the setup. He had, the the bike was going really well. He came back out, he had Chase Miller. Miller was on softs, right? Mm. You're going to go faster on softs in those opening laps. Yeah. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. Uh, Once again, you know, it's not about being... Uh, the fastest—it's about making it through to the end of the race. Mm. You know, that's the, the, the old saying: "If to finish first, you must first finish." And that's the thing with the young guys—they're kind of pretty hot-headed, hot-blooded. They—they uh, they see every turn as a challenge. You're starting to see maturity with some of the guys. I think Miller is is getting there. Uh, I think he—he he still makes the occasional mistake, but he's—he's he's definitely got. Some potential there, but mm. bear in mind there are young guys coming through, you know, that, that are in their early 20s. And you've got to ask yourself, what are they going to be like in five, six, ten years' time? Yeah. No, definitely. If they, if they can get that maturity early on and they can get themselves on a good bike, and importantly, be able to give feedback to the engineers so that the, they can make the changes that they need. And, and this isn't just wholesale changes like chassis redesigns on oh, this is just subtle changes like getting the shock rate right getting the spring rate right getting the ride height right etc you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah no definitely
0: the other one i had question mark over was maverick vinalis as well we see this this happen every now and then he has a mid-race what i call a mid-race fade out i don't know if it's an issue with the bike or the tires come, they go away from him and then come good again. But we see this mid race and he did it. It was textbook Vinales. Again, it happened in this
1: race as well. I, I don't know what happened, but if you look at his speed, uh, it sort of would suggest that there was a mechanical failure there. Something yeah. happened mechanically or electronically. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just to quantify the crash, we'll just quantify, We'll just finish off with the crash. We're going back to that one more time. That part where the crash happened is the fastest. Would I be arguably probably the fastest part of the track going into the slowest corner? If that makes sense. Correct. Correct. So yeah, it's
1: it's and it's just the subtle kink. Yeah, it's a very very subtle kink. Now, why Zarco was there? Why he was braking? You know, all these questions. I I can't answer those. Um, Mm. I don't think you can fix something like that. I think you just need to accept that, uh, you know, motor racing is dangerous and there is a good chance that, you know, someone's going to die. But we accept it with the Isle of Man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think there's been an Isle of Man race that someone hasn't died. I think the mm. average is three, yeah. three uh, a year. And mm. no one says anything about it. We yeah. even accept it with the Nürburgring people mm. die on a Nürburgring almost every day. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, um, I think that uh, that's something that the Europeans do a lot better than Australians. Mm. Um, they just accept that if you're doing something dangerous, you might die. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to die, then don't do that dangerous thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas here, we'll put a law in place that says you, you shouldn't do that. Mm. And you know, I, I understand uh, the government's perspective on on that, but uh, I think that you're also uh, destroying Darwinism completely, and and, <laughs> and as such, society and and uh, humanity will suffer in the long run. <laughs>
0: The Auto One Customer Loyalty Program, the Auto One Club, has been designed to provide privileges to loyal customers. Head on over to ww.auto1.com.au and click on the Club Membership tab or alternatively head into your local Auto One store and ask about the benefits that come with being a loyal Auto One Club member. While you're in the store be sure to check out Auto One's extensive range of impact automotive garage tools, floor mats and coolant. The Impact Automotive range offers quality products at affordable prices. From a three ton heavy duty trolley jack to an adjustable mechanic seat, the Impact Automotive range has a garage tool that'll suit your needs. The range has also well over 20 different types of floor and boot mats to suit your ride. They come in rubber or fabric with a PVC backing to stop slipping also in the range is an extensive choice of coolant whether it be pre-mixed or concentrate the long life range of red and green impact automotive coolant is bound to have a product that suits your needs to view the full range of impact automotive products head on over to www.auto1.com.au or visit one of their stores auto one is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices coupled with their team's knowledge and experience Auto One, it's the one. Hey, we may need to move along quickly to Formula One, but before we get to Formula One, I just want to do a quick Formula Three shout out. I keep calling this guy's name at every podcast. Oscar Piastri took home... Brought home a win in Formula 3. It was great to see. And in number two was Alex per- uh, Peroni as well. So really great to see two Aussies there going well in Formula 3. Can't wait to see them, you know, in a couple of years, maybe five years' time, who knows, in a Formula 1 car and challenging Dan Ricardo as well. Oscar, I think, will no doubt make his way into Formula 1 at some stage. He's having some really good results in Formula 3. And uh, Alex as well is uh, he's going reasonably well. So it was great to see Ozzy's gone one and two, at um, at the last race in um, geez, uh, Catalonia in Spain. So that was that was really great. Do you think Dan will be there in five years' time? Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, I think he'll do. And uh, obviously, he's contracted to do two at uh, McLaren. And I still think that someone will. I I think he will go better at McLaren and bolster his name once again and get another two or three years after that as well. That I do believe, yeah. I think he'll certainly be there in five years time. And although these these guys, one of them will definitely be there as well. And I'm really looking forward to that. Hey, um, Formula One was probably, I, I really hate to be negative, but I can't see any anything that was positive in this race whatsoever apart from Lewis Hamilton showing world class domination once again and everyone else just the race comes from second backwards and and there's there's no there's no no one can challenge Lewis Hamilton now. We just saw a chink in their armor at Silverstone with their tire clearly tire choice at silverstone uh, the car was aggressive on tires. But Catalunya was actually warmer than it was at Silverstone and they they had it set to kill. They had no dramas whatsoever at Catalunya. And uh, Lewis Hamilton really is now in a class of his own. And I and Ferrari, I just it's it's an absolute basket case over there. Sebastian qualified eleventh, didn't even make Q three. LeClerc. Um Leclerc's engine failure or sorry electronics failure I, i'm not buying it i don't believe that the car just turned itself off and he went to the pits and then miraculously turned itself back on again but it was too late and they basically parked the car up i, I just don't buy that story i think i think they were saving an engine to be honest with you probably some data came up on the screen and thought nah, we'll just get that one in and then save her for the next race without having to take an engine change too early that's that's my that's my view on that Um, and, and Vettel as well, their, their handling of Sebastian, I've been pretty critical of Seb over the last few weeks, but they did not give him a strategy to operate from. And, you know, he was asking whether he gets, goes, goes hard on those tires or just conserves them. And they, they told, they weren't really giving him any direction. And then four laps later, they're telling him that he should uh, start going hard. And I just felt that the messaging to Sebastian Vettel was terrible over the weekend. And clearly he can't wait to get out of that thing. He cannot wait to get out of that Ferrari. It's just diabolical. I don't know. How. Where's Vettel going? He hasn't announced yet and there's no contract for him anywhere. But um, I still think that he's probably a good candidate. I hate to say this, but he'll be a good candidate for a replacement at Racing Point. Um, Sergio Perez, a lot of people, a lot of the press are saying, no, he'll, Sergio Perez has got a, he's pretty safe there. But I think Sergio will be on the way out and, and Seb will be, he's a perfect replacement for Sergio when you think about it. Racing Point are on the move and they are now, they are now a top three car. So apart from the Mercedes and Red Bull, they're sitting there quite nicely racing point in third place. And the results speak for themselves. Look at that fourth and fifth Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez. No doubt that that car has come a long way in the last few weeks. So that's just my view on, on where, on where he will probably end up. And that's, I just think that, you know, apart from Lewis Hamilton dominating the race, there is some good stuff happening from second backwards, but unfortunately, um, you know, Lewis is out there on his own also if you're listening tune into uh, episode 92 emma begley great story uh, we interviewed her father last year in february and uh, we've interviewed emma she drives the let's boogie nitro funny car of aeroflow outlaw nitro funny car and uh, she does some great work and also studies to be a nurse. So one of the questions, how do you
1: balance all that big starting to be a nurse and nitro funny car driver? Not easy. Nick, are the rumour is true that, that, that uh, Emma's going to put radials on the funny car or is that, that just a,
0: <laughs> no, no, that she's left, she's leaving the radio gig to Connor, her brother, her younger brother. So right. Connor will be the radio King. And so will her father as well, which yeah. I'm not going to say too much. Mm. Oh, I think everyone knows, don't oh, okay. they? Okay, all right. Well, yeah, there's an <laughs> S10. There's an S10 coming through with radios on it as well. So <laughs> With some
1: massive turbos and a Hemi. And I actually because... spoke with
0: her father. I actually spoke with Beggs tonight,
1: actually. So... so there you go. Because course. everyone knows that an LS is not a Hemi. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, thanks for
0: tuning in and thanks for coming on. Um, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks' time. Hemi the world, Nick.
1: Hemi the, the world. <laughs> Hemi the world. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Say Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, The Valley Comes Alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.